Welcome to the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Our hope is to help and inspire you to parent beyond your capacity. Each week, join us at the table for conversations with special guests, where we'll seek to encourage you to bring your best to parenting, challenge you, and hopefully give you a few insights along the way. Welcome to the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us again. Uh, so over the past few podcasts, we've been talking about five family values, and we're kind of weaving them through each one of our episodes. Uh, but today we're going to touch on a topic that will put all five of those family values to the test. Mm-hmm. And it's something we suspect each one of us struggles with. So today we're going to talk about parenting fails. And we're here with uh, Andrew Mills. Jane and I are joined at the table by uh, Andrew Mills or with Andrew Mills. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. And so because we're talking about parenting fails, uh, we're going to start off. And uh, because vulnerability is, is one of our key values here at Bethany Church, we're going to start off and share uh, parenting fail um, to kind of kick us off. And so I'll go first. And so this is uh, a more recent parenting fail, but a constant parenting fail. Um, for those of you who know me, I am constantly cleaning. And uh, I'm a little bit OCD when it comes to a clean house. And so I typically clean up after my kids. I admit it, I'm one of those parents that do that. And I asked one of my boys a few weeks ago, why don't you clean up after themselves? Like they'll take a dish downstairs or they'll unwrap cookies or something and they'll just leave stuff lying all around and it just bugs me and it drives me crazy. So I was at one of those moments where I was a little bit exasperated. And so I asked my son, why don't you clean up after yourself? And so he responded very coyly, very calmly, because I know you'll clean up after me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, shoot, <laughs> that's right. I do. And I do it all the time. And I know I'm doing it. And I know I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like I can't help myself. Yeah. And so for me, uh, that's just one parenting fail that I seem to trip over time and time again. And I know it's not teaching them well. I know it's not a wise thing to do, but it's just one of those things that I kind of get stuck in. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. So um, my children are adults now. And so I was thinking back to a parenting fail that uh, has actually come back to haunt me uh, over the years. And it's the only thing that my kids will bring up and say, remember that time when mom did this? And so uh, I'm not proud to say that at one point I was so angry at my oldest daughter that I actually swore. I said, I said, darn, but it wasn't darn. Okay, so like I don't usually swear, but I don't know what the whole situation was. I remember it, but I do remember that I was really mad. And you know, it's one of those moments where you let your emotions get the best of you, and I. I'm human. I mean, who knows? I could have been Mm -hmm. mom exhausted or I could have been pregnant. I mean, who knows what the situation was. But I was just like at the end of my rope. And I told her to put down the darn hairbrush. Why? I don't remember what she was doing with the hairbrush. Um, But yeah, it's one of those things where they keep saying, remember that time that mom swore? (laughs) Never going to live it down. You will never live it That's a family legend from now on. It's horrible. But you know what? I am human. And it came out that day. Yeah. Yeah. So, Andrew, maybe uh, before you get to uh, your parenting film and uh, share away with us about that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we're so glad to have you here as a lead pastor at Bethany Church. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family, what phase your kids are in. Sure. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Bethany, and uh, we have three kids, my wife and I, Krista, and they are... Um, 10 and they are seven and they are five. So we're past that kind of the baby phase, but we're into, um, you know, they're not quite teenagers yet, but it's just, it's a really good space uh, for us as a family that uh, we're still like their favorite people. Uh, yeah. I suspect that will not last. Enjoy, <laughs> into, that. Yeah, enjoy that for a while. So we're trying to, yeah, just really, really engage with them um, in this kind of phase of their life. But yeah, it's really good. Well, you, uh, one thing I uh, appreciate, a lot of things I appreciate about you. One of the things Though I appreciate probably at the top of the list is just uh, your openness, uh, your vulnerability, kind of how you live that value out um, in your teaching and how you lead us as a staff. Um, and so not that you have more parenting fails than the rest of us. I think the longer you parent, the more fails you have. Uh, yeah. uh, but um, um, we just knew that when we were putting this topic together, A, that it was a topic that parents needed to hear. Uh, but we thought... Hey, you're the one that kind of lead us in this, and so um, yeah. Is there is there a parenting moment, a parenting fail that you'd like to share with with us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, any parent um, uh, has multiple, and I would too. Um, but this one just um, kind of stuck out to me. It's just from a few months ago. Um, it was just after Halloween, and we just had a real um, conversation with my oldest about that we're allowed to bring two things to uh, to school, like two little candies, and that's it. And um, we're getting ready to go. And we've been talking a lot about with him about responsibility because he's getting to that age where he's going to have to, you know, stay home alone, all that kind of stuff. And we've just been trying to get him to be very responsible and following, you know, what we're talking about. And I catch him sneaking his entire bag of candy <laughs> into his backpack. Like, of course. And, yeah. and, and he's like looking, he's like, he's it's kind of like doing it sneakily. And like, so I just immediately am like, Hudson, we've talked a lot about responsibility and rules. This is breaking the rules. You aren't allowed to bring any candy. Why? And I just kind of go into this full, like, Dad monologue mode of <laughs> I'm going to make sure this is ingrained in your mind about doing right for wrong and he starts to get a little bit teary and he's like I'm like oh maybe I'm pushing this a little bit too hard but maybe he's remembering this moment you know whatever else so and you then dig in a little bit further <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like I'm like it's finally connecting he's like but but dad I'm like no buts Hudson we have to like fall and do the right things he's like yeah but my friend at school dad he doesn't get any candy because they're not allowed to go out to Halloween and I promised him I would give him my candy and I'm like Oh, 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 I'm like, oh yeah. Also, like, I, oh, I'm like, all right. Rule number one: ask questions before you immediately jump to judgments on what they are doing. Because instantly, you know, those are the values I want him to be living out of kindness and compassion and generosity. And here I was like, you need to follow the rules and listen to your dad. And yeah, yeah, no. So kind of misread that one a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, and it's so easy for us as parents to. Um, jump in with emotion, jump in without, and, and that's part of what we want to talk about today, right? Those times that we've, we've blown in. And we talk a lot about fighting for the hearts of our kids, right? But blowing up with them can really impact the relationship that we're trying to build with them, can impact the, the type of warmth that we're trying to create in our home. And so what we're talking about today is how can we use these moments of failure, because we're all going to have them, to actually help us communicate love and grow the relationship we have with our kids. And we all see, it seems counterintuitive. Sometimes our greatest setbacks as a parent, again, can be turned around and be redeemed. If we respond to them the right way, they can actually be leveraged to become our greatest strengths. And so how, how would you respond to that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely, absolutely 100% true. 
Because really the reality is, is all of us and our kids, none of us are, are perfect. Yeah. And so we're all going to have problems. We're all going to lose it at times. We're all going to make the wrong choices. And I think what we do um, when we kind of blow it, if we then respond in the right way, you know, owning it, maybe actually sharing what happened and what you wish you had done um, more, it actually teaches your kids how to be doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. You're actually modeling the behavior yeah. that you're hoping for because uh, my kids aren't perfect and nobody else's kids are going to be perfect. So we should actually try to then model what we want to see once you made a mistake. Once you have blown it, how do you repair relationships? How do you walk into things? Do you blame? Do you excuse? Or do you just actually say, you know, this is what I did. This was wrong. And um, I'm going to make these, you know, uh, things to make it better or or whatever. I think there are real moments to actually show what we want to see happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, like in my situation, it was an, it was an ideal time for me to stop and be able to apologize to them Mm -hmm. and just say, you know, that was not appropriate. I acted because I was angry and we shouldn't do that, right? So it, it does become a teaching moment if you take it, uh, if you take the time to do that, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Say yeah. you're sorry, right? Yeah. You're yeah. human too. Yeah. Or even the other day I was, um, again, with my oldest and um, I talked to him when he feels like stressed or whatever else. Like it's okay to go take, you know, a time out in your room if you just need to just, you know, go read, go just quiet down, quiet your, yeah. And I guess I was not acting the most loving towards him because he said, Dad, you just need to go to your room and just have some <laughs> space by yourself. And I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, I guess I'm doing both a good job and a bad job all in one right now in this moment. Um, but I think that is what you want them to be able to pay attention to, their own feelings and reactions, right? And the reactions and feelings of other people too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the best way, like you're saying, like we can like we can teach that. Right. And 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 hopefully there's times that we, we do teach that we do try to encourage that in them. But again, we understand as parents that that more is caught than taught. Yes. Right. That they're yeah. going to mm-hmm. they're going to learn more as they see it in action in and through us. Right. And so, uh, yeah, trying to leveraging those moments that we regret that we look back on and say, hmm, I could have acted differently there. But definitely, yeah, that we can we can definitely redeem those. And what happens though if we've kind of really blown it? Maybe we've made such a big error that it seems our kids will never respond to us again. We've just kind of uh, just a really uh, we we responded really poorly. How can we navigate that? And and, and is this when having uh, the idea of widening the circle, other people to kind of step in? Um, is is that when that can be really? useful and important. Yeah, I think so. I think having other people um, continue to give you perspective is really helpful as a parent. Um, Because I mean, for us, we're out of the little baby phase, but still, it can just be so much about the day to day and you can kind of get locked into it and not see the bigger picture. This is where other supports and other friends and other people you're journeying with, especially people who are older than you and can help to kind of speak into those stages, just remind you the bigger picture is really important. And and then once you've blown it, to actually take some steps to try to like repair it. Yeah. Um, we moved here uh, just three or four years ago. And I remember we just moved into our, 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 well, new house to us. It's a 1960s side split, but like into our brand new house. And I caught Asher like banging the floor with a hammer. And it was a hardwood floor and he's making dents everywhere. And I just remember sending him to his room and being really mad. And as I was going to go uh, to go like talk to him further about how bad he was um, in that moment, I just had this picture of like, of like, of God just telling me like not to be hammering into him. Mm. Right. And so for me, whenever I've blown it, I try to remember like, just how do I respond and not just react? Am I actually in control of my feelings or are they controlling me? It's okay to say like, Hey bud, like that actually um, makes dad mad because this is stuff we want to take care of or whatever else. But like, am I ready to engage with, with, with my child? And then, 
And then when I do, do I own it? Do I say sorry? Um, regardless of their behavior, I should be at least trying to teach them to own, you know, to own theirs. Like I'm trying to own mine and to see it happen. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, for me, some of the best things are to respond, not react. And then to actually go and own your own feelings and own your own reactions to them and then share how I'm going to change it. This one I'm going to try to do. And I think that's good stuff to be teaching the kids and a widen circle help helps that to gain you more perspective for when to do that. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it normalizes things, right? In the sense that we all know, okay, we've all had those moments where we've fallen, right? We've all had those moments where we've responded in a way that's not quite appropriate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I know for me, as, as my kids have gotten older and we've engaged with uh, small group leaders at church, because uh, there's going to be times where we've blown it that there just needs to be a bit of space and time where our kids aren't ready quite yet to um, re-engage with us. Um, and, and it's at those times where we've kind of tapped small group leaders and friends on the shoulder and said, hey, um, something's going on here. Um, can you just connect with them? Mm-hmm. And um, again, just reinforcing some of the values that we have, uh, but in a different voice. And, and, and those have been some, uh, some really great, um, really great moments uh, that, that my kids have had um, uh, and, and things that we're trying to teach. Sometimes uh, they're not receiving as well, and uh, a small group leader will say something similar to what we're trying to teach, and it's like it's like the light has gone off, right? Like, did you hear what my small group leader said? I like I know we've been trying to teach that for months, <laughs> and, but I'm so glad you got it, right? And um, yeah, well, it's so important for our kids to have people they can look up to, and at times it's not us. Like, yeah. let's face it, you're in the stage right now, Andrew, where your kids, you are the be all and end all, but. I hate to break it to you, that's going to change. Yes. Right? And they're going to need someone in their life that they can go to and talk to, someone who has shares the same values as you and Krista, and you you yeah. like encourage them like family member or small group leader, yeah. someone from church, a family that you, you connect with regularly. Just someone who is on their on their side yeah. is is their cheerleader cheerleader their cheerleader. Yeah. I think that's like especially important in um, when you have kids in our kind of phase, uh, just because this is stuff you can't actually create in a moment, right? Like, so when they become teenagers, this isn't always the kind of the things you can kind of be creating around them. Like there are like small group leaders, but to even be choosing really wise, um, you know, adult friends that are around them that can speak into their life now so that hopefully, you know, when they have a question, they don't come to me, they're turning to the right people. Uh, and that's what you yeah, try to create. Yeah. yeah. And this is it starting it when they're this age so that by time they're, they're teenagers, they're so comfortable with that other person yeah. and so mm-hmm. familiar with them that they feel that um, connectivity with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it's especially important those times where we've blown it with them. We've yeah, made absolutely. mistakes and, yeah. uh, it, it, and it does take time. We have to respect the, the, the fact that, Hey, if we've blown it, sometimes our kids are quick at responding and reengaging and other times, um, they just say, well, I just need a bit more time. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, yeah. So most of us, again, because we have failed and because we're human, uh, we struggle with mom guilt or, or dad guilt. And sometimes we get trapped maybe in a cycle of shame and regret. Um, is there a way forward forward out of that? Um, maybe to help us kind of understand maybe the difference between kind of real guilt and false guilt in that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think for me... 
um, the ways I've been starting to pay attention for, for false guilt, because uh, I feel it. And I think just our culture actually teaches us that you need more and more and more, and there's more and more pressure for moms and dads to be all and to be everything. Um, I was actually uh, with a group of people, and I'm talking with one of their kids. I'm talking with the parents, and, um, and this is great for them, uh, but their, their kids have like tutors for cursive. They all are accomplished violinists. They all are doing art classes, and they're speaking a third language. And I go <laughs> home, and I'm like, my, my kids are in hockey. Like, this is the most we can manage. And I'm like instantly Googling like violin lessons. And be like, I need to get my kids. I can barely I get, speak one language. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, I'm like, I think these kids are smarter than me. And like, you know, it's just, and also there's that feeling of pressure. So for me, false guilt is often that feeling of pressure to do more. Right. Like, and it's often really vague and unspecific. It's not like, Hey, I've blown it in this. It's like, no, we're just not doing enough, enough, right. enough. And I think for me, if there isn't actually anything that, especially even God's directing you to, to a specific mm-hmm. action, like guilt is when you actually feel something that you have done, like that's right. wrong. Right. I think false guilt is more that you're just not doing enough and not doing enough. I think there are parents who feel that, that they need to, I do too, just kind of make everything fantastic for their kids all the time. And it's just really hard to live under that. And so for me, it's more about paying attention to, is it vague or just the ceiling I should do more? Is there something specific like that I did? Mm -hmm. You know, is there something that I do need to own? Um, And I think God works in specifics, but uh, fear and that false pressure works in vague feelings of just, we're not living up somehow. And that's where I think we need to shift. Don't you think too that some parents who live with a sense of false guilt add all these different activities and different things into their mm-hmm. kid's life because they don't feel as though they're measuring up. And I think a lot of times kids just need that downtime, home time, parent time. They mm-hmm. need to spend time with you and get to know you and your values rather than just constantly going off. I'm not saying that that family is no. doing that at all, but no. I mean, that's great for them. I think everybody has to find their own rhythm, but I think you're right. When we start to think so much of what's going to actually raise good kids is more and more programs um, in terms of like more and more activities or that sort of thing, rather than actual good quality time with their parents, right? And sometimes activities and programs, they actually really do help and they actually are conducive to that, but sometimes they, they aren't. And I just think... Um, we need to be a paying attention to that. Like, I just really believe that what uh, kids need most is a really engaged parent mm-hmm. as much as they can, right? And by engaged, I'm not saying like more and more and more. I'm just meaning actually present, yeah. um, which sometimes more and more and more actually works against. Thinking about our struggles, right? We're thinking about real guilt and false guilt. We have this idea that we have to act perfectly. And, um, you know, again, coming at it from a spiritual perspective, like God is not expecting us to act perfectly, And he's not expecting us to be the perfect parent. And so for us, it's understanding that sometimes the best things happen through our brokenness and, and, and to kind of come to terms with that and grips to that. And that even if, even if we do something that's wrong or something that's um, hurtful, that again, if we responded the right way, that God can actually use that and redeem that. Because essentially what we're doing in the, in that long run is we're, we're growing adults mm-hmm. who are going to start their own families and who are going to, uh, hopefully, parent their own children. And so the example they have, as we've talked before, is their parents, which is us. And it, it's a big responsibility, and yet it's a growing time. We, we don't come with a set of instructions. Yeah. We don't come with um, any guarantees. We are human, and God uses us to influence our children in the best way that we can as we're growing in him, that they see that growth in us and then they continue to learn. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to get even centered in. I think there's just a real current in our world and in our lives that we aren't enough. Mm -hmm. Like as, you know, but I think like, 
like when we center in on Jesus, when we center in on God, I know it's a really pastory thing to say, but like, I just yeah. think that is enough, right? And if we're yes. going to actually be resting in that, that we're going to be uh, enough. And that's not to say we don't need other influences in our kids' lives, but it's just that so often we think we need to, I don't know, find more rather yeah. than actually being, um, you know, secure in that God has created us to actually give something of real good and value into the kids that he's yeah. also given to us as a gift. Yeah. And so, Andrew, uh, sometimes we have patterns, habits, hurts, and hang-ups, life situations that almost make it seem impossible to stop blowing up at our kids or stop kind of... It, it seems like there's things that, that maybe we're tripping over again and again. Um, and maybe even for, for some, um, maybe we haven't had a great example at home growing up. And so some of those patterns that we think, hey, this should just come naturally is not coming naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how, how do you think um, making it personal, like um, just investing in yourself first, looking after um, uh, your, your own kind of growth, um, how can that kind of help us um, as, as we seek to uh, raise our kids? Yeah, and I think we need to keep growing as, as parents and individuals um, so that hopefully we can parent better and better and better, right? My, my real hope is that, um, I know this was my parents' hope too, my real hope is that I will parent better than my parents. That was their hope for me. And my hope for my kids is that they will parent better than we did, mm-hmm. um, right? And that it's not um, that, that about being perfection, but continuing to grow. And this is where I think even coming back to that idea of a widened circle is really helpful, mm-hmm. not only for our kids, but also for us. Right. Like, for many of us, sometimes we keep hitting these habits or we realize if we're reflective, I keep doing the same sort of things. Mm. Um, this is where a widened circle can help because we can go and say, I'm struggling with this. I tend to blow up around these things. I tend to keep seeing the same sort of patterns mm. happening. And that's where then we can hopefully get some wisdom, some discernment, so maybe even some accountability because sometimes we need that too. Sometimes it's just um, we get into patterns and ruts and we need someone to help us to shake out of it. And I think that's where like a widened circle uh, is really, really good to help us discern some of those things God might be saying to us individually to figure out how to actually put it into practice with a group, with, a, with our kids in a group setting where they, you know, give us that discernment that we need. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't show our kids that we're weak, right? Like that, uh, for, maybe for some that, that same, it might be an issue, right? Like, okay. I'm not going to apologize because, you know, asking for forgiveness is a sign of weakness, right? And I don't want to see my kids or I don't want my kids to see me that way. Um, But it's not like that at all. No, no, I don't think so. I think... I think that's actually one of the things that almost gets tied to that guilt conversation we mm-hmm. just had. Um, not only like mom and dad guilt, but mom and dad shame right. that we're not really very good at what we're doing. And so then we sometimes try to hide it by not owning it because we feel like that's, you know, like that's safer, right? To just not actually yeah. say, yeah, I really did blow it here or I really made a mistake here. And I think we need to turn, like, uh, we need to actually train our kids to actually realize that and to know that it's okay to own it. Yeah. And you know, spoiler alert, your kid knows you're human. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like yeah. they they know you've made a mistake and they know that you need to apologize and we've, when you don't that you're also teaching them that at the same time. Yeah. And I think with that too, we should also probably learn a little bit to apologize. I think this is what sometimes happens for me, apologize quickly. Mm-hmm. Like if you delay it, you're likely not to. Right. Right? Like you kind of yeah. like um, the other day, Hudson, I was too harsh with him before he left because 
uh, we like to have things nice. I'm kind of like you, Martin. I want like things like very, very clean. And his room was not clean, and like everything was kind of a disaster. And I just felt like I was too harsh with him. And I was kind of processing it as I was driving to work, and I realized this wasn't false guilt. This was like real guilt. I actually was too harsh. Yeah. And so I drove to the school, and I just actually asked him to pull him out of the uh, out of his class for five minutes, just so I could just check in with him to be like, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have to start your day with that with that level of harshness, and just to know that you know I love you. And I don't know if it you know, totally changed his day, but it also did change mine. Exactly. And I think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's awesome. So um, finally, can we talk a little bit about why family rhythms and regular connections with our kids might be part of our healing process and uh, trust restoration? Yeah, sure. I think having regular rhythms is really important to actually keep trust going. Um, because when trust breaks down, because it will, I'll screw up or you'll screw up, that'll happen. If we don't have regular rhythms, it can be hard to actually regain it because it'll feel unnatural. So I think creating natural points of connection and depth uh, for you and your family matters a lot. And even thinking through what might be some rhythms we want to have. Like, so in our family, we have primarily three probably rhythms that help us to like connect. And so if we need a trust build, it'll happen probably in one of these places. So we, for us, because of our phase that we're in with our kids, mealtimes is um, incredibly important. Um, I make a commitment to not be missing more than one meal a week uh, with my kids, like on uh, uh, on nighttime. So we sit and we talk about our highs and lows, and there's a moment of, of connection. Um, bedtimes are also still uh, a time for us. We still read stories. We still sing songs. Um, that's when we pray together. And that's often even now our oldest Hudson, uh, he wants to delay bedtime as much as possible. So that's actually a moment to actually engage with him, to talk with him. Cause he's willing to just talk as long as he gets to stay up later. Like he is really <laughs> fine with that. So that's, um, that's kind of our second one. And then we have this and not every family does, but our third one is, is we have a, a family rhythm of uh, praying together uh, every Friday to kind of welcome in uh, for us the Sabbath. And so we gather together and I pray a blessing over each of our kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they sometimes pray a blessing over one another, over me too. And it's just a natural connecting time. They're used to that now. So if we blow it up sometimes during the week, all of a sudden there is this time to kind of yeah. reset. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So I think creating those ahead of time also really matters for us. So we've been talking a lot today about um, like what to do when we fail and um, a lot of things, I know, maybe some things that you can grab onto and use. Uh, but Andrew, is there any, any kind of final thoughts that you want to leave with us uh, today on, on this topic? I just think for anybody who's listening to this to just know like you're doing a good job. Because if you're listening to this, you are trying, you are putting in effort. This is a thing that you actually want to grow at. So just, I think just, just know and, and, and hear that. None of us are perfect, but I think the fact of putting in effort and trying to become a better parent, um, I just think that stuff really matters. So I just think you should just know that. That's the only thing I want to yeah, encourage you with. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Andrew, for joining us at the table. And thank you all for listening to another Parent Hub Live family podcast. This has been another Parent Hub Live family podcast. Thank you for joining us around the table today. You can access more of our podcasts and show notes wherever you access your favorite podcasts or through the Bethany CC app. See you next week, everyone.